Welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard McLean. Nui Silva. And this is Please Leave a Message. track of what episode it is but i think we're in season four now uh (laughs) i recorded one on friday and i had no idea until i loaded the files onto the hard drive and i'm like oh i said we were in season three and we're actually in season four isn't season four where things usually get better after they got worse um yeah three or four yeah yeah all the star treks got better in season three i think so We're called Please Leave a Message because we do have a phone number you can call into and leave us a message. The number is 801-SKETCH-1. That's 801-753-8241. You can find us at pleaseleavemessage.com. We're on Instagram at at messagepodcast, and you can email us at pleasepodcast at gmail.com. So, Nui, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm strange. Fantastic. That's about all there is. <laughs> um, I have recently started a sculpture. Okay. Coming from asphalt, which is quite the stretch. Oh, okay. And um, I've always done art. I've always drawn and did random things all growing up. But being more professional is a new thing. Um, professionally, I'm a graphic designer, front end developer. Okay. More on the design, left on the developer. But right. Okay. Trying to work my way back out of that and get back into art full time. Cool. I kind of gave up on getting my my web comic page fixed for now because mm-hmm. it's just like beyond what I want to deal with. Uh, I've rebuilt it a couple times on my own and I'm just, I never really liked web design. I did it uh, out of necessity, uh, thinking that it would help me with work. And it, luckily I never had to use it as a, as a work skill because I'm not that good at it. I'm pretty slow. I kind of got tired of not working on my comic. And so what I've done is I've gone back and I've reformatted my old comics and I've been posting them on Instagram. I've been seeing those. They look good. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of an experiment. It's, I don't know. Some of them get play. Some of them don't. I don't know. I I hope people are enjoying them. So that's kind of the thing. And then when I catch up to where I was, then I'll start posting new ones that nobody's seen before. So that's coming. Oh, I haven't seen them. So you're going back all the way from the beginning. Yeah, I went all the way back to the beginning, reformatted everything to work with Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm just going through them all right now. I think I'm about, I think I'm about halfway through the ones that I've got done. Hmm. So when I got to a certain point, I'd done about a year year and a half, I think, of comics when I decided that I was going to gather them together in a book and publish it, self-publish it. And then I took those to a few comic cons. And so I think I'm about through half of that volume, Mm. putting them on Instagram. This particular comic, it started as a, uh, I was working for a small like animation studio that was trying to make it big Mm -hmm. and uh, was leaving one day. And the CEO founder, he says to me, when you come back, I want you to have a couple ideas for like a Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. So this was actually one of the ideas that I came up with. And then that company never really took off or went anywhere. And I said, that idea I gave to you, is it okay if I run with it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So that's what I'm doing. That's one skill I've never really fostered or mm-hmm. understand. It's like music to me. I don't get music. Oh, really? I love music. I love listening to it. 
like it moves me, it touches my soul, but I don't like I picked up the guitar a handful of times in my youth and it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I understand that because I love, 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 love music. I've got a number of guitars, a couple of basses in here. I don't play. I'm trying to learn, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult for me. I just, and, and even when I was a kid and I took piano lessons, it just, I can, if I practice something over and over and over again, I can get it down, but it doesn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I do understand the theory behind it because I did take a music theory class at one time. And so I, I kind of understand the basics of music theory. So I know what I'm doing, but it just doesn't, I, I don't know. I, I can't make the mu- the machine do what I want it to do. That's how I was with painting. So I originally went to school for, to be an illustrator. Okay. And about a third of the way through, I started picking up more academic style oil painting. And I was like, yes, this is cool. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be amazing. And I studied and kept painting and kept painting, but I always fought it. Mm-hmm. And I never quite got comfortable with the medium. And then I found clay and it's just like, oh, hey, I can make this do what I want. Okay. And I'm not fighting it. It's not like it's easy. It's always a struggle. Right. But it's more of a mental struggle trying to get yourself to a point where you want to go as opposed to fighting the medium and always struggling with, why can't I do this? Why doesn't this right. work right? I understand that. Yeah, I I always hated painting. I took tons of art classes in high school and then I majored in art in college and I always hated the painting part of it. I did not like doing the painting. And then I, a couple of years ago, I was at an art show mm-hmm. uh, that a friend of mine was putting on and I was just looking at her stuff and I was looking at the other person that was showing and I was just like getting this feeling, this itchy feeling like I want to paint, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was like, this, this is weird. I've never felt this way about painting before. And I mentioned it to her and she's like, well, we do these backyard shows two or three times a year. If you get a few pieces, together, get six or seven pieces together and, and we can have one of these for you. And I was like, oh, OK. And I looked at their prices and I'm like, yeah, I think I can do that because I know she'd sold a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And so I had all these ideas in my head. And so I, you know, I, I had stuff left over from college days and I busted it out and I bought some new stuff and I did a bunch of paintings. I never quite got to seven. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I never contacted her and said, hey, let's do a show. And then we kind of fell apart and don't really see each other much anymore. But the missing element for me mm-hmm. uh, in in these paintings, and, and it wasn't oil. I've never touched oil. Oil scares me, but I'm sort of comfortable with acrylics. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I found the difference between what I was painting in college and high school and what I did now recently was size. I went bigger. See, I've heard that and I've never done it. It was amazing to me how much more comfortable it was painting bigger because I could use a bigger brush for like smaller details. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And so it just, it wasn't such a stressful thing. I I could put across the image I was trying to portray and I, I could even do like ugly strokes that were big, but then they were small enough in relation to the rest of the image that it didn't mess it up. It didn't mess it up. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend and he watched me paint one day and he's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like painting. He's like, see that little line you just put down that ruined the leg. I'm like, yeah. It's like, just imagine if that little line was that little, but on a six foot canvas. I'm like, (laughs) oh, and I never did it, but yeah. Yeah. So I did, I did a bunch of paintings and they're all hanging in the house and I had the one in the kitchen, right? Well, there's a, there's a few in the kitchen and there's a bunch of them. They're all over the house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but they, uh, they do this thing down at Provo. They do the art walk once a month. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gallery so, stroll. Gallery stroll, yeah. yeah. But it's not all galleries. It's just 
like businesses, businesses and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I did one of those one month and I didn't sell anything. So I brought them all back home and hung them on the walls and but they're fun to show. And I've got a few more ideas. There's one right outside the door here. That's uh, like a guy with big, huge eyes that are mm-hmm. all swirly. And I have a companion piece to go with that one that I've come up with this idea for. So do you have like, when you go to do something, do you have it in your mind before you put it down? I do. See, that's bizarre to me because I do not. Interesting. And I talk to hundreds of artists. That's a stretch, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And they all say about the same thing. Oh yeah. It's just a matter of getting what you have in your mind out. I'm like, well, well, I work both ways. So when I'm doodling, that's just playing around, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll just draw and whatever comes out, comes out. So that's, that's just one way I work. But usually if I'm doing like a comic or a painting or something, I've, I've never actually tried painting just like I doodle. I've never tried just getting a canvas ready and then just seeing what comes out. It's a trip. But I do it when I doodle. I've got sketchbooks full of stuff that's just, I have no idea what it's going to be when I start laying down ink. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as comics and and paintings so far, yeah, I, I usually have an idea in mind. Yeah, I think that's why I struggle with storytelling. Like the comics mm-hmm. and the narratives have always eluded me. Okay. And I think that's why, because I never have like a beginning, middle and end right. goal. I always just kind of, when I approach something, it's usually I have a feeling. Okay. And it's not even an emotion. It's like a feeling. And that's, I think that's why I'm more drawn to sculptures because I can feel what I'm doing with my hands. Okay. And then it slowly becomes something. Right. But man, sometimes it takes, I've probably ripped my recent sculpture part like four times. And my wife's just like, why are you redoing that? I'm like, it doesn't <laughs> feel right. And she's like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I don't know. Okay. So as far as when you are sculpting, do you ever do things just to build your skills? Oh, absolutely. So you do things that are just like exercises and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. See, I never do that with my drawings. And I've talked to a lot of artists and a lot of them, they're like, oh yeah, I'm working on this right now. I'm trying to get better at this right now. And I tried it a few times when I was younger. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to draw a hundred hands to get better at hands. And you know, it worked, but I ran out of ideas of different things to do really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I've, I've talked to artists recently and, and they're always like, yeah, this, this is what I'm working on right now. This is what I'm trying to improve right now. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've never liked that. And it it never occurred to me why that was until recently. Well, not recently. It's been a few years now, but one of the earlier podcasts I did, we do the interview section where we ask people questions. Mm -hmm. One of the early ones I was interviewing a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and I asked him the questions and he said that for him, it's not about improving his skill so much as it is just telling the story. That's, that's what matters to him. That makes sense. He never really cared about, you know, I mean, he does, he's, he's way better than I am. Mm-hmm. And he always, he's, he's always been like ahead of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've both gotten better over the years and he's always just been like 10 steps ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Known each other since like junior high school. And what, I, until he said that, I didn't realize that that's kind of what I do. To me, it's about telling the story. It's about the comics. It's, you know, I wanted to be an animator. That was, mm-hmm. that was my joy. That's what I wanted to do. And so it, for me, it was about story, but I didn't realize it till he had said that. And then I thought back on like all these other artists that I've talked to and they tell stories, but, but they also, they focus a lot on building their skill. And my skill building has always just been a side effect of me drawing. 
I, I never really have concentrated on, oh, this is what I'm struggling with right now. This is what I'm going to work on right now, except when I was taking classes, you know, so. I guess I, I'm a little bit more that way than I am pure skill building. Okay. I usually get strange ideas. Mm-hmm. What was the recent one? I want to see if I can submerge a sculpture in resin. Okay. And then UV light it on the inside. That would be cool. Maybe. <laughs> I right? don't know yet. That sounds really cool. But that's, I'm, I'm more, I enjoy materials. Okay. And putting uh, strange ideas together. So, you know, hard, soft, wet, dry. Mm-hmm. Um, in college, I remember doing an oil painting and putting acrylic over the top because everybody told me I couldn't. Right. I'm like, yeah, I can. Watch. And so I did. And it turned out amazing. Yeah, that's what I really enjoy doing. So I think I study anatomy and I don't study it to become the most amazing anatomical wizard mm-hmm. ever. I think I do it because I want to understand how things work. Okay. And I think that's more how I approach it. So it's not trying to draw a hundred hands on perfect hands. It's more understanding how the hands work. Right. So I can mess with them. Like you can't break the rules till you know the rules. Once right, you know right, the right. rules and you break the rules. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, that part of art has just never been a thing for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I see, um, Mel mm-hmm. Milton. He, uh, he's like, this is what I'm, I'm doing today and I'll do this over and over again. And I, I see that. And, and, and I see a lot of artists that are like, well, these are just my warm up sketches for the day before I do my real art. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just, I don't do that. I can do that. I've tried. And I just, if I did that first, then by the time I got to round to the real drawing, I just wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. My ADHD kicks in real quick. And, uh, I'm, and also I've never worked on a painting or any piece of art over like an extended period of time. Like if I can't get it done in like one session, I, I just don't have the patience for it. That's how my boy is. And, but I can break it down into steps. So like when I do comics, I have a time when I sit down and write story. And then I have a time where I do the pencils and a time where I do the inks and a time where I do the colors. Mm -hmm. So that's each of those steps is a one session thing for me. But if it starts to stretch beyond that, I just lose all my patience with it. See, I was taught painting like that. Like here's this phase, you know, your block in phase and you make your ground and you block it in and you figure out your major shapes and you slowly work down and then you finally end up rendering. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Cause I could, like you're saying, break a long project into smaller pieces. I don't know why I forgot this when I moved to sculpture, <laughs> but I would just like start rendering and start putting things down. And, you know, he spent four hours on an arm and then realized that it needs to move like four inches back. Right. Which is great with sculpture. Cause you grab and yank. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was yesterday that I'm like, what am I doing? So I grabbed my biggest tool possible. I started laying down, you know, major planes, major shapes. I'm like, oh, this is working so great. Now I can see this figure and it's working out. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. I've known this for 20 years. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a thing with like almost all art skills that I have. Like just the basics. If I don't go back and I just at least look through like a basic art book once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of forget because there's just so many, mm-hmm. you know, and it gets overwhelming and you get kind of used to your way of working and you kind of settle into it. Mm-hmm. But once in a while you go back and you look at it at something basic and you remind yourself about something. Oh, I haven't done that in a while. Let me let me try that. But it's not like I look at it and go, oh, I haven't done that in a while. Let me practice that for a while and then implement it on something. Mm-hmm. I just implement it on whatever the next thing is that I'm I'm working on. I just that whole practice phase just isn't a thing for me. I, 
wish it was for me, but I, I can't honestly say I'm good at it. <laughs> right. You know, I've tried it. I, I really have tried it because sometimes I'm just like, I'm just not that good enough artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want to take this, you know, in a more professional direction, but it just, I just want to tell the stories. <laughs> yeah. I, did you ever have Perry? No, I didn't. So there's a couple of things he told me that were really influential. The first thing he kind of denies telling me, <laughs> he, he told me, so I was having kind of a, a crisis. I didn't think I was a good enough artist. I didn't think I could make it. And I was thinking about going and either doing auto mechanics or just going back and operating heavy, heavy machinery mm-hmm. full time. And I went into Perry's office and like, I, I, I think I can't do this. I need to you know, go do something else. And he, he looked at me and he's like, okay, I want you to listen to me before you say anything. Cause I have a lot to say. I'm like, okay. And he's like, you are the most untalented student I have ever taught. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was going to say something. He's like, nope, nope. He says, but what you need to realize is talent only brings you so far. Like raw talent will put you, you know, five steps ahead of the person behind you. But it's dedication, understanding, and hard work that will get you further down the road. Right. I absolutely agree with that. It's funny, like, because of the way I work, I I have a tendency to work fast. Mm -hmm. And I was at a Comic-Con once, and I just was walking around and stopping talking to some of the other artists that I knew. And I talked to this one artist, and she's, well, how are you doing this time? And I said, well, actually, I'm I'm doing really good on commissions, which I had never done before. And I've sold a few of them and I've made more money doing commissions than anything I've ever done before. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. I work too slow. In college, they taught me to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, how's that? And she kind of was telling me what her teachers had taught and and how how to work slower and be more methodical about it. And although I haven't really slowed down, there are times that when I was working on something, when I thought about that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try doing this slower than I would normally do it. And and I have found that it does help. And it's funny how how uh, influential that just one little teeny piece of advice, even though I haven't taken it to heart so much that it's slowed down the way I work. Mm-hmm. I still work about the same speed. But there are certain times when I can go, OK, if I slow this process down, I'm going to get better results than my normal just hurry through it kind of. It's interesting because I found when I served my LDS mission, I was not good at the language. I don't understand languages at all. And Mm -hmm. I think that has a lot to do with my lack of musical talent as well. Okay. Like they're both kind of a mathematical, you know, couldn't do it, didn't understand it. And I was probably a year over a year out, still couldn't speak the language. And I was training like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And one of the state missionaries said, you speak too fast. And I'm like, well, yeah, you understand me if I speak fast. And they're like, there's your problem. He said, you're speaking too fast so you can cover your mistakes. He's like, slow down and think about what you're doing. So you quit making the mistakes. Hmm. So I teach Kung Fu. Okay. And the same thing I tell my students over and over again, because they want to go faster and faster and faster. It's because they think it closes the hole that they have. So they're not getting hit. They're not making the mistakes. But I'm like, but you're going to have that hole. And they're like, well, no, I'm moving too fast. I'm like, all right. You know, four smacks later, you're like, how'd you do that? I'm like, well, let's slow it down. Let's figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you can speed up. Well, that's something I've, I've picked up on in music stuff recently. You got to practice slow in order to go to fast. play fast. Yeah. 
and it's it's very counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. So, and I suck at languages. Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> bad with languages. I was so glad I didn't serve a foreign speaking mission. I was I was afraid that they were going to send me somewhere where mm-hmm. I have to learn a language because I took took like three years of Spanish, I took a year of French, and just none of it really stuck with me. Right now, I'm doing Duolingo. Oh, how's that? It's interesting because I'm I'm picking things up. I think I'm I'm learning really well how to read the language, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I'm learning really well how to speak the language. You know what finally broke me out of it is I quit studying the language and I studied the culture and I did it through children and jokes. Okay. And all of a sudden, like the way they say things, how they see, say things, the reason they're saying things started to make a lot more sense. Hmm. And maybe it's just simply now I understood where they're going with things so I could pre preempt what they're going to say so I could kind of stay ahead of processing. But within two months, it started really clicking for me. Interesting. Because the language that I'm doing is uh, Scots Gaelic. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> surprise me, but that's cool. It, it shouldn't surprise you, but... As soon as it was on there, I'm like, sign me up. I want to I want to figure this out. The way that that program, that app works, I think they're trying to teach you the way like a kid will learn a language mm-hmm. just by hearing it and figuring it out as you go. But for my brain, some of the things just kind of break down because you're not interacting with it purely with voice and listening. So there's still that reading element. Mm hmm. And so, like, I got to my first numbers section the other day, and at first I was thinking, oh, it's really weird the way they do plurals, because mm-hmm. they're not slapping an S on the end of it. They're putting an H after the first letter. Interesting. But then, like, two lessons later, I realized, no, no, they're only doing that when they're using the number one. When you're using a number higher than one, it's different. <laughs> And I don't understand the reasoning why, but I'm seeing the pattern Mm -hmm. and I wish I understood the reason why. And there's a, and the the spelling, because there's sections where you have to actually type out what it it gives you it in English and it says, translate it to Scots Gaelic. And I cannot figure out the Gaelic spelling. It is so messed up. They weren't romantic, were they? No. So their uh, dialect's been adapted to English. It's a a Celtic Gaelic. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's its own, it's. It's different because I don't understand the phonics mm-hmm. portion of it. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out the spelling portion of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wish, I wish that it would at least give me some phonics. And I, I, I even tried to figure out online, like years ago, there was a, a book that I read about the history of the McLean clan. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a saying in there that's like a family motto. Though I am poor, I am well born. Thank God I'm a McLean. <laughs> so that sounds that sounds very appropriate yeah but i mean oh i can actually kind of read this now years ago when i first saw it i it didn't make any sense to me apparently it's working I, apparently a little bit yeah i still don't know how to pronounce all of it so i'm not even going to attempt it but I, I recognize some of the words now that i didn't before do you follow pascal champion art this is my favorite thing um he says he's doing these little web comics where they have him and he's talking to this cat okay. about all sorts of problems, but it usually focuses around art and it says, Hey kitty cat, I'm stuck again. I can't think of anything to create. And cat says, you don't think create things. I don't, you create meaning. There's little space in between the meaning of a word and its interpretation. 
something is small in comparison to something big. You only know good because you know what is bad. Context is important. The more words to put you put together, the more spaces in between you have. That's where creation happens. Things are the shapes you give this meaning so other people can see it, touch it, learn about it. You create links between different ideas and you use your imagination to visual, visualize them. Like this comic. Somebody's watching me right now? Maybe, maybe not. Relax. Nobody cares about you. They're here for me. <laughs> but it's that's so I got rejected from BYU about a year and a half ago. Okay. I applied to go to be a master for the master's degree okay. program in sculpture. And I got rejected. And I took that really hard. I was like, you know, my sculpture's good. I've got good technique. I've got good skill. They rejected me and I just was crushed. I'm like, what am I going to do? Why am I doing art? And I've been down, I've been continuing down that road for about a year and a half now. Why am I doing this? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to say? And what kind of narratives am I trying to portray? And that's been really helpful to me. Mm -hmm. um, this is whole idea of creation and like learning is bizarre. Our brains are strange things. I was talking to my child yesterday about the language and he said, I can't remember how it started, but basically I said, you know, the old high school elementary do you see the same red eyed see <laughs> and he's like well do you i'm like no probably not i said everything you see everything you touch everything you feel is interpreted by your brain right like it's just a bunch of random signals coming in your eyes and your brain puts it together and he's like well then how do we learn to read i'm like because we're taught mm -hmm. we're told this means this that means that and as you learn to read you have to know that and it was as an interesting thought in art is it's kind of similar yeah where you have to be you have to give your audience something that they can understand and you literally teach them your language as you go through your artwork and that's what i've been realizing i've been going back and figuring out why i do artwork mm -hmm. what i'm trying to portray and i'm coming up with my own language that i want to give people and it's it's just strange so that, that just makes me think of for me it, it is telling the stories mm -hmm. I'm, i i'm always i always get these little stories in my head and I've always thought kind of like a comic strip or a comic book. Mm -hmm. Doing comics is kind of my, I've just kind of settled on using that as mm -hmm. my medium because animation was really what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But animation is such a, it's not a solo. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. There's so many moving parts. And at, at one point after I graduated, I realized that as much as I love the art, I didn't like the environment that you work in to create that art the golden half handcuffs environment that one <laughs> something like that i i had a job lined up right before i graduated i was working at a small animation studio mm -hmm. and i was working part-time and then as soon as i graduated i was going to go full-time all of the other animators there were students that i'd worked with that i when he was looking for more animators i said hey you guys this he's mm -hmm. looking for an animator uh, and i got them all hired on there mm -hmm. and then so I'm like, this is great. This is a growing company. We're working on some pretty cool projects. As soon as I graduate, I'll go full time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was about a month and a half before graduation mm -hmm. and the company folded. And I was just like, ugh. and I, I had no desire to go out and find that kind of job again. Mm -hmm. It was just I, I liked because it kind of that kind of fell into my lap, that particular. And then the prospect of trying to put together a portfolio and, and prove that I could do that was more than I wanted to think about. I did end up working at another studio. Well, not studio. I, I worked for like a little, it was an educational website. Uh, the one in Provo? No, 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 not that one. Oh. 
I, I know tons of guys that work there. No, this was another one uh, that was up in West Valley. And he, he was literally like less than a mile from my house. Mm-hmm. And I'd drive over and he had the business set up in his barn. And Yeah, different company for sure. Yeah, and I was I was the art director. I was the animator. I was like, I was the art department. Mm-hmm. Just me. And it was great. And I loved it. And then uh, that whole Obamacare stuff came out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm running the numbers and I can't do it. I'm closing down the company and I'm going to go back to teaching. Hmm. I was like, ah, I think that's really what killed my desire to go out and find that kind of work again. Cause it's just too volatile. Then I kind of ended up doing what I'm doing now. Oh, which you said something earlier that kind of how sculpting just kind of clicked with you Mm -hmm. as a thing. Uh, when I went back to school, one of the required classes I had to take was an audio class. Mm-hmm. And that just clicked with me. I'd always done audio because mm-hmm. audio is part of animation, but it was always like, okay, I have to do this part. I don't know much about this part, but I'll get it done. And it was just always me cobbling stuff together and just m- making do with what I could. Mm-hmm. So I took this audio class and I realized I've always absolutely loved audio and like all the concepts clicked with me. There were other animators in that class as well. They all hated it. <laughs> Every last one of them. They're like, oh, why do they make me take this class? And I was like, what are you talking about? This is my easiest class. I don't even have to study for it. And that just clicked with me. Now I work in audio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's even though I struggle with music, I understand the concepts behind it, at least. And it's kind of interesting how that. that so you, you struggle with the creation of music, but you understand sound. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. But yeah, just getting my fingers to do the guitar is like insane. I was doing a little better on the bass because mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about chords so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have to have, have that underlying knowledge so I can play along with. So I, I kind of have to know what the guitarist is doing mm-hmm. in order to play with him. But anyway, that's kind of interesting thought. For me, it was. Um, so I was, like I said, I, I was painting early on and I was with a professor and he was giving me kind of side lessons. Mm hmm. And he looked at me and he's like, you can't sit still long enough to paint. <laughs> like, uh, should I go get a Mountain Dew? And he's like, does that help? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, would you please? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it went on and he's he, two or three lessons. He, he turned to me. He's like, you need a sculpt. He's like, you would do well at sculpture because you're physical, you're moving, you're always turning it, you know, stone sculpture, you're big power tools. And so you don't have to sit still to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm a painter, I'm a painter, I'm a painter. <laughs> and then um, I started working down on the movie set in Goshen and everybody there was a sculptor and I wore my painting as like a badge of honor. Okay. I'm like, I'm a painter. You guys are all sculptors. I'm a painter. I'm cool. <laughs> like, I understand color. We we took a vacation. We went down to uh, Las Vegas. And one of the guys I was working with was one of the head foundry guys for Richard Donald. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen his sculptures. They're um, the uh, Cirque du Soleil ones. Oh, okay. They're super bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but really, like, anatomically correct. And they tell a lot of story. There's a lot of narrative to them. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go check this out. This is where, you know, Eric works or worked. And so I went and I went in through the little gallery that was sitting right outside the cosmopolitan new new gallery and i was sitting looking at the sculpture state know that foot distance away because you can't touch the artwork right and some guy walked up to me one of the guys was working at the gallery he's like hey you, you like that yeah and i'm like yeah that's really cool and he's like oh so he reaches up he grabs it and he turns it and he, he starts spinning it and he's like yeah go ahead and like all these are on turntables go ahead and touch them turn them so oh, you wow. can see the whole thing 
And it was like you were saying with audio, like I reached up, I grabbed this thing and I started turning it and something just clicked. Like I could feel the sculpture. I could feel it. It made sense to my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I should have been sculpting all these years. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing when I was doing audio that I wish I'd gotten into it earlier. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't have the opportunity. Like when I was taking, when I was in school the first time, they didn't really even have an audio department. You know, I was just doing it as part of the animation stuff I was doing and I was just kind of bumbling through it mm-hmm. and they didn't really even have a class for that. That's why I had to do it again when I went back to school to get my bachelor's degree. I was like, oh yeah, you missed this mm-hmm. in all your core. You don't have to take all these other core classes, but this one core class, you you don't have anything that covers that. So you have to do that. And I was like, man, this really would have been nice to know years ago. I, I wonder sometimes though, my wife, I originally went back to the Philippines to marry a different girl. Okay. And I ran into my wife. I'm like, hmm, there was something there that was undeniable. Right. And something not with the other girl that was undeniably not there. I'm like, okay. So little playing with like feelings and emotions and talking. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work with this other girl. It's going to work with my wife. And so my wife brings that up more often than I'd like. <laughs> And she's joking with me. Right. But eventually she comes down to the serious question. She says, what if you married that other girl? I'm like, do you think your life would be better? And I'm, I always tell her, no, I don't think it would. Right. I don't think it'd be worse either. It'd just be different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wonder if like uh, my meandering career wasn't building. Right. Absolutely. Because I, I say it would have been nice to have gotten into this earlier, mm-hmm. but I also n- understand. I've never, I've never been the kind of person that looked back and said, I wish I'd done it this way because the way I did it is the way I grew. Mm-hmm, and and yeah. that's, that's just me. And that's just how I am. And I've, I've never, I might say that cause that's just a thing you say, mm-hmm. but th- in my heart, I know that the way that I did it is the way that I needed to do it. Yeah. It's like time travel shows. Yeah. Don't touch that. Cause you'll mess up the timeline. And I mean, that totally makes sense to me because I wonder, you know, if I would have missed this or I would have missed that, would that be a key component that would have pulled me out of my current trajectory? Right. And did I learn something from it that I wouldn't have been able to apply later? And I I don't see it as clearly in myself. I I feel it like this is the way that I should have learned it. But like when I look at the way that my wife's career has gone, Mm -hmm. I can see it just crystal clear. It's like, okay, you did this, you struggled with this, but this led to this, led to this, led to this. And there's no way you'd be here if it wasn't for this and this and this earlier on. You'd be doing something else because I just know how you are and how much gumption you have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One day she just said to me, I want to manage bands. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you you go do that. And and she did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One thing... If I had a magic lamp and I got just one wish, my wish would be that I could follow myself for a year. Like I'd be split in two and I could watch myself for a year so I could give myself advice because I can give other people advice. (laughs) But I look at myself and there's just way too much foreknowledge, understanding of who I am Mm -hmm. and false narratives that exist in my brain. I can't give myself decent advice. Okay. And that would be like... I think that would be amazing if I give myself advice. I can give myself advice. Can you? And I'm also very good at ignoring myself. <laughs> very good at it. You know, sometimes I I get to, like, since all this lockdown nonsense has happened, I, I haven't done nearly as much art. Because the times that I normally did art and my whole schedule has been, like, 
completely mm-hmm. thrown into disarray. And so I, I haven't set that time down. And also like one of the places where I work is occupied by stuff that I brought home so I could do my job at home. Mm-hmm. And I, when did I, I, I only realized this just maybe two weeks ago, I was with um, some other artists and they're like, so have you been more productive or less productive in all this? And they were all like, yeah, we're totally more productive. And I'm like, way less productive. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a thing. In fact, now that you bring it up, I haven't drawn, I haven't picked up a pencil since the whole thing started. Yeah, my yard looks great though. <laughs> uh, mine doesn't. It looks better, but not great. Oh, I just threw rocks in my front yard. Oh, well, that'll do it. Oh, yeah, I saw that picture that Jess was talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate mowing the lawn, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not dealing with this. I don't want to pay for the water. Rocks. Fair enough. I've thought about doing that, but the kids like to play in the yard, so yeah. I like to send them out of the house. We have trenches in our backyard, and so they're constantly playing zombie apocalypse in our backyard. <laughs> it helps keep the weeds down. It's pretty amazing. That's cool. But yeah, I've found I'm a lot less productive because it was like that panic mode. I get home from work, cook dinner, help do the dishes, spend some time with the kids. And I have like that hour and a half, two hours where I'm like, okay, this is my chance. Ready, go. And now that I have like eight, 10 hours, it's just like, I'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. I find that because I'm working at home. When I get home, I just don't want to get into that working mindset again, even if it's something I want to do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I've been productive in other ways. Like I've done some freelance stuff. I've, I've edited a whole bunch of podcasts, mm-hmm. um, not my own podcast. I haven't actually been doing my own podcast because I haven't been able to get people to come over to the house to record mm-hmm. until just recently. <laughs> but there were these other podcasts. So I've just doing, been doing some freelance work and, and editing someone else's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I got really efficient at it. Because I hate editing podcasts, and so I figured out how to do it a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> but I also made it sound really good, whereas the person they had doing it was not making it sound so good. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I think because he was doing his audio editing uh, experience is the way I was earlier in my career. I was just bumbling through it because it was a necessity, mm-hmm. not because I had any knowledge behind it. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I tried to tell him some things that he was doing wrong, but I don't think he's implemented those <laughs> seeing some of the other stuff he's edited since, but anyway, you try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really want to talk to some, I have talked to some professional people mm-hmm. who do illustration or comics or uh, whatever it is on a full-time basis. Right. And I'm just like, how do you guys do it? Like if I don't have a certain amount of time that I have to do this and I'm, it's like I'm creating in a vacuum. I just can't get the wheels to grab anything. And that's where they came up with, you know, the, I warm up, I do this thing, I do that thing. Cause it helps me get grounding so I can get working. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Mm. And then I pick up a rake and it's over. <laughs> well, I think that, well, I, I know I would have to change the way that I do it if I did it, if it was a full-time thing for me, mm-hmm. because I would have to treat it as a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to have set hours because I'm not the kind of person that can just not have a schedule and actually get things done. Yeah, I'm the same way. So it's always later. I would, I would have to, I mean, and that's been made much more clear with all this stuff because I, I don't, I haven't been drawing. I haven't been painting. I haven't even been writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I 
I work all day and then I'm burned out on it. And so I go and I watch TV with my kids. Mm-hmm. That's all I've been doing. I think it goes back to the, what we were talking about earlier is the, um, the kid thing. I ask you how you get your kids on a schedule. Cause mine are like up till 4am. Like this is ridiculous. And I, I'm, I'm starting to think about how just in the past week I've been extremely productive Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, Sunday mornings. And I think it's cause I have this like set routine that I've put myself in. Right. And that puts me in certain mindset. Oh, I found vanilla candles too. I forgot. I used to do that. I burn a vanilla candle. Okay. I go get a drink. I come back and my whole office smells like vanilla. And for years I worked with vanilla candle burning. Didn't, didn't, I just like the smell. Right. And I didn't know why, but now I have that ingrained in my mind. So I walk in my studio and there's that smell. And you're ready to work. And I'm ready to work. That's cool. Yeah. I know for me, if I was to just, cause I, I find that I'm most productive when I've given myself a schedule. I just haven't taken the time to, to nail it down. Give yourself a schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know that. And so like when you were saying, if, if you were able to follow yourself around and give yourself advice, mm-hmm. that would be the thing. I'd be standing behind myself all the time going, you've seen this movie six times. Why don't you go over and work? You mm-hmm. can even put it on in the background because you don't have to pay attention to it. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it's pleasant to hear it again. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> That's mine. Yeah. Oh, I have lots. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my, my digital collection is about half of that now. So that's impressive. I, I love media. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's problematic sometimes. <laughs> Action figures are mine. Oh yeah. I used to do that. I used to collect those and comic books and there was a few things, but you know, I got married and then I had to just let certain things go because I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the money to do it all. Mine was classic cars. Oh, that's wow. the one I had to let go. Wow. I rebuilt a few and now I'm married. She's like, I can't, I am not handy with mechanics at all. You're not missing a ton. I <laughs> have no desire to be. I, that's one of those things in my life that I've just accepted that I will pay an expert to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't make me lose any sleep at night. What are mine? Anything that has to do with metal or fire, I won't touch. I refuse to learn how to weld. Okay. I won't touch any of that. And plumbing. Never, never, <laughs> never do plumbing. I've done basic plumbing, but if it gets beyond, well, be it, the basics, mm-hmm. I, I, I do not dare touch it. And framing. That's the other thing I won't touch anymore. Oh yeah. I tried a few times. I, you know, that measure twice, cut once. Right. I measure four times and still cut wrong. <laughs> I've never see. I actually did something handy the other day, which my wife jokes that I'm like the least handy man <laughs> around the house. I can fix your computer, mm-hmm. but don't ask me to do anything handy. But this desk right here, I had a tendency to just, it would slide forward towards the wall and mm-hmm. the wall's all dinged up right behind it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got tired of that happening. And so I built something to go on the floor behind it to hold it from going to the wall. Mm-hmm. And even though I did the measure and cut thing, I've never had decent tools. So the only thing I had to cut the wood, I'm cutting two by fours, but I, all I had was a jigsaw. I didn't have like a, <laughs> <laughs> but that was an adventure. And, and it's not even one that like I went out and bought. I just, it was a hand me down from grandma years mm-hmm. ago. She's like, Oh, I'm not using this anymore. Take these tools off my hands <laughs> kind of a thing. And so I, I'm sure the blade is dull, mm-hmm. but that's what I had. And so 
when I'm cutting and then it's not really straight, but I'm like, eh, it worked. <laughs> Have you found that the more you do, the more it applies to your core? Oh, absolutely. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Like I use, I was sculpting today and um, I use a lot of rakes. I don't use my thumbs. Okay. Mainly because they're calloused and they keep ripping the clay stupid ways, but... I was raking and just felt natural. I was doing it. And I was like, how do I know how to do this so well? Like I, I started to step back and think about things. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, it's because I raked asphalt for 10 years. <laughs> and I know how to lay it down, how to make it smooth, how right. not to gouge, all these different things. I'm like, huh, it actually applies. Go figure. And then I went on. That's the other thing about my art is I've noticed that other artists wax poetic about it. Yes. And, I, I know what you mean. And and I can't do that. Me neither. <laughs> I cannot do that. I go to this um I go to this monthly potluck with local artists. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I invited you. Mm -hmm. You've been and I will sit and listen to them and they will literally wax poetic about, you know, the work and what they do and there's the things that they do and and even when artists like write up the things about why they created this image or whatever. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that. Even though I like writing, for me, it's usually like all the paintings that are out there. It's like, oh, I've got this cool idea. I'm going to make that. Mm -hmm. It's not because I had some like deep thing that I felt in my soul. There might be a shallow thing I felt in my soul. And I, I might try to expand on what I wrote using that. Because mm -hmm. like two of them are kind of audio related. One of them's role playing game related. One of them's because I like records. Mm hmm. And so I kind of try to write about that kind of stuff. But like, then I see what other artists have written about their pieces. And I'm like, I cannot wax poetic like that. I just can't. We were supposed to write an artist statement for this class. And I didn't like the teacher at all. Like <laughs> I've, I've had those. I had a hard time with the teacher. I'm just like, oh, I don't like you. I don't want to do this. And it took me forever. And <laughs> the only thing I came up with is I smear stuff on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like that's not an artist thing they're like that's what i do right i take stinky paint and i smear it on a canvas after i smear gesso on it right now i'm just taking you know stuff that you dig out of the earth and i smear it on aluminum <laughs> it eventually makes something right but i just smear things on things i have found though that like you said you know shallow things like i don't have deep meaning um the more like I said, I've been trying to rip my soul apart, figuring out what's going on after I, after the BYU thing. And I found that I do have a lot more to say about my art. I just don't know that I do because mm -hmm. it comes from like my subconscious. Like there's, there's stuff down there that's coming out. And um, I found when I do things, I'm trying to get a certain feeling that I feel strongly about out. And I don't really want to tell people what I'm trying to do. I want to see if they have the same idea that i did okay so here's this piece why did you do that Nui? i had clay in my hand and they're like oh because it means this to me and it means this to me and probably nine times out of ten it's the same ideas that i had in my mind and they're telling it to me and i'm like oh yeah that is why i did that go figure <laughs> that's interesting because like the one right here with the the big orange one with the guy with the big eyes and stuff that one i was trying to I was trying to portray how I feel when I'm listening to really awesome surround sound music. Mm -hmm. And that's really all it is, because mm -hmm. I, was, I was just trying to get that feeling across in a visual medium. Mm -hmm. That's pretty powerful in its own right, though. It, it is. But like, I don't know how to wax poetic about that 
there is a little statement out there that I wrote for the 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 artist walk thing. Because mm-hmm. when I brought it home, I'm just like, well, I'm putting these up on the wall. I might, I took the time to make these. I might as well slap them up with the with the art. There's one in the kitchen. It's a guitar player, and that one. I love that one, by the way. Oh, thank you. So that one was actually came to me. At, that was the first one that came to my mind when I was at that show, and I was like, I feel like I need to paint. Mm-hmm. And it's actually based on a friend of ours that was at that show performing a one man show. Mm-hmm. So there's some visual things that are because of him. But the reason it's busted into four different panels mm-hmm. is again because I I like surround sound music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see it now. Yeah, and and the and the the least amount of speakers that you need to to do surround sound music is four. Mm-hmm. And so it's four panels. And and I was just trying to portray a just how I feel at a concert, or and b how I feel when I uh, listen to really good music. Mm-hmm. And I busted it into four pieces because I don't like I like to like you said you like to you come up with an idea and do something cool. So that was just kind of my cool thing for that. I'm like I'm gonna do this image, but instead of one painting, it's gonna be four paintings, and they're gonna be kind of situated cattywampus like this. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one out there that's the dice. And I'm like, I'm going to get a dermal tool and I'm going to cut the numbers out of the dice and put lights behind it because that's just a cool idea. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I don't necessarily come up with this cool concept, but or a visually cool concept. But I try to come up with some kind of cool concept mm-hmm. to the piece. So like the one, the one with the guy with the big eyes, I had remembered back in college that we had used some stuff that we mixed into the gesso. Mm hmm. To give it more volume and then we could like mm-hmm. sculpt into it with like a palette knife or whatever. That sounds like fun. And I had this idea to to mix that into my gesso and put it on really thick on the sides, but not in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I had the middle image and then lay this stuff really thick on the sides. And then I got these, I don't even know what they're called, but you use them for cake decorating. For oh, like, the piping bags? No, no, not piping bags. It's it's for putting a, a basically sculpting a pattern into the icing. Oh, so I got those and I actually put pat, I put it, it's really thick. If you go look, it's, mm-hmm. it's got some volume to it. So I did that and then you can kind of, you can paint on it and then you can dry brush over it and it only hits the peaks and not the valleys. And it was just something we did as an exercise in college, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that. And I'm going to make it kind of just this cool thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's what that one was kind of about was not only the, the original idea I had in my head that I was trying to portray how it feels when I hear a really cool, awesome piece of surround sound music. But I also had this cool idea to make the paint really thick. And I'm contemplating moving up to more of an art director position. Oh, okay. And so I'm redoing my portfolio and I'm like, I'm going to put a bunch of stuff in here. I'm going to be really cool. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take all my meandering career and I'm going to break them down to the core concepts that I learned that apply to like production style art like graphic design web design and i started with what did i start with painting and like using your subconscious your conscious you kind of flop between the two of them right and i i posted that and like what do you guys think do you think i'm onto something or did i miss something and just said that's kind of cool but the way i look at it is i create artwork the way it wants to be created and i'm just happy for my position as being able to make it come into reality. Can't remember how he exactly put it, but basically he's more or less along for the ride. Right. And just making the execution. And I found my artwork to be a lot like that. Like there's something deep inside that needs to come out. 
and I'll make something. I don't know what it is, but something's coming out, some piece of truth that I want to show somebody. And, but it usually, like you said, it usually comes about because I'm messing with something Mm -hmm. thick gesso, a different type of clay. I found mud. I'm like, what happens if I do this? But it always evolves into something that I didn't realize was trying to come out. And that's that's really interesting. And so I, I agree with you. I have a hard time waxing poetic about anything. But it's usually because I don't know what's trying to evolve. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like just said, I'm along for the ride. That's interesting because I've never, I've never felt like that is the way I do my art. Doodling. That's doodling to me when I do. When, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So that's I. So I do art that way. Mm-hmm. I I do a lot of doodling, but my art art, because I never really think of my doodling as my art. Mm-hmm. That's just what I do. Mm-hmm. And but my art art, it's always it's always I have a concept, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get that concept down, and I don't always execute it in reality the way I saw it in my head. Mm-hmm. most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time I just attribute that to, I just don't have the skill to do what I can see in my head. But I've, but I've, I've talked to a lot of artists that are like, I, well, it's just there and I have to get it out. You know, I, I'm along for the ride kind of a thing. Like you were saying, I've just never felt that way about what I do. I kind of feel that's the delineation between like, um, I hate using the word production artist, mm-hmm. but like illustrators, comic book artists, animators, like, they're good at creating things and taking concepts and bringing them to fruition. Right. Where I found this out the hard way. I'm not good at that. Uh-huh. I think a little bit differently and I have to let my art evolve. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that's the only delineation. Like there's not a higher art firm. It's just different ways of thinking. Right. Yeah. I've, I've never looked down on either way of doing it. And like it, it didn't upset me in high school when I was awarded the best commercial artist award. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't see that as an insult mm-hmm. where I think some people would mm-hmm. see that as an insult. I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with the, the commercial side of art. Mm-hmm. I wish I was better at it. I wish I was better at it too. You know, I've never sold a painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've sold some comic books. My, uh, my output isn't high enough. <laughs> Yeah. Put it that way. I, I know what you mean. I, I did one comic con and I did really good at it. Mm-hmm. And then, but my output wasn't high enough to have enough different stuff at, you know, the next one and the next one and the next one uh, to have repeating customers, mm-hmm. you know. That's one thing I struggle with, with Comic Con. It kind of came about because of uh, Jake Parker's 100 Things. Oh, okay. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it. You do a, he, he challenges you to do a hundred things of something, okay. hundred robots, hundred, whatever. I've always been obsessed with Egyptian art. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of, you know, a natural outcropping like, Hey, I want to do fan art, but I like Egyptian art. So here we go. Okay. And the first one took me probably three months mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, this is never going to work. And the second one probably took me a month. And the third one took me like a week. I'm like, maybe it will work. <laughs> I eventually ran out of ideas. Like I'm, I'm pretty dry right now and I'm kind of glad they're probably going to cancel it because <laughs> I'm not ready. Yeah. I haven't done it for, I think two years now. I had one that was just really bad mm-hmm. and I was just using, I, I wasn't making a profit or anything. I was making barely enough at one to spend on the next one. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, it was a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I've just the business side of things I've never been good at. Conceptually, I understand how it should work, 
Um, I'm not good at executing it. Me neither. I break my wife. <laughs> well, I, I, I tried to talk my wife into that. She's just like, I, she's a marketer. She does marketing. Mm-hmm. That's what her thing is. And she's just like, I don't really understand your world. I, I don't know how to market it. My wife, I was sitting there and I was super anxious to like have people like me. Okay. You know, like the kid in, when you walk into uh, middle school, you just want people to like you. You just want to be accepted. That's kind of how I was my first one. And people come up to the booth and I would jump up and like want to talk to them. And my wife would always grab me and pull me down. She's like, sit down. I'm like, but they're there. They're liking my art. I want to talk to them. She's just like, they don't want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh. And then one of them looked at me and she's like, get up. Get up. I'm like, you just told me to sit down. She's like, now they want to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And I get up and I talk to them. And then I, I kept saying, they asked me how I'd make them. I'm like, well, you do this and you do that. And, and Alma's, when, the, when they left and were done, she sat me down. She's like, they don't care about your artwork, hon. They want to know about you. He's like, she's like, the artwork's interesting for them, but the story behind the artist is more interesting for them. So use I, I, I. And so I did that and it worked really well because she was right. It, it's the more about the story. Like they enjoy the artwork. Like there, there has to be something they enjoy in the artwork right. fundamentally, but they also, there's more to do with the story behind the artist and why they did it and how they did <laughs> this it. This is such a revelation to me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's the b- most bizarre thing, but I, I look at my collection of artwork I have on my wall. Uh-huh. And when someone asks me, where did I get that? I tell the story behind the artist. Oh, it was this guy and he table next to me and he's super cool. And I didn't know he was this popular. And then he got his, oh, it was Shelby Robertson. And I guess he does a lot of comic books. I didn't know him from Adam when I sat down. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, very humble guy, not, you know, trying to toot his own horn. But then like the, the organizer came over and he's like, Hey Shelby, I'm so sorry. Here's your guest pass. And we have your booth upstairs next to, you know, Frank Cho and stuff like that. I'm like, and he was saying that he knew like Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo and everything like that. And I just kind of was like, yeah, we'll see. No, he really does. (laughs) And so I tell that story when I show his artwork that I have in my office and, yeah, it's, well, it's I did very the same, interesting. Did the same exact thing because if you look in here, there's quite a bit of art, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to see. Nope, I did not. Well, one. There's one piece in here I bought. Mm-hmm. One piece. Oh, one and a half. There are one and a half pieces in here that I bought, which is that's funny to me. On the last podcast, I was telling the story of how I got this piece right here. The robot guy. No. Oh, that one. That. Ooh. So that's an original Red Rider comic strip. Really? And you've seen the movie The Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. He's the one that did all the artwork in the window, the mm-hmm. Red Rider artwork. But you're right. When I when I point these things out, that's where I got that one. That's the that one right there is a poster that the guy that designed the Enterprise E did that one. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. He just he tabled like kitty corner to me at my first comic con. Mm-hmm. And when it was over, he just came over and handed me that. <laughs> so have you seen the magicians? No. Um, I've heard of it. What else was he in? So there's this guy and he was the like Dean of the magicians. He was in um, supernatural too. 
Which I didn't really watch. Okay. Anyhow, it was just after the Comic-Con, and this guy walks by, and he's like, wow, i really looking forward to getting out of here and getting something to eat. And he's like, that was a long show. I'm like, yeah, I agree with you, man. He's like, how you doing? We talked for a little bit, and he's like, all right, see you around. I'm like, all right, see you, man. He walked away, and my wife is on her phone furiously flipping. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I know him. I know him. I know him. And she pulled it up, and he was like a recurring member in Supernatural. He was actually showing the car oh. from Supernatural. Okay. And then I'm like, he was a dean on Magicians. I'm like, we should ask him out to dinner. She's like, you want to? I'm like, no, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting that it's those stories that are the most important thing. Right. Right. So usually I have other, like sections of the show to do mm-hmm. like we usually have like a uh, some sort of found audio but all the thrift shops have been closed and so i haven't been able to dig anything up mm-hmm. that i can play on the show Ooh, have you heard of mad season what's mad season mad season is a super band from the seattle days okay so it's lane staley mike mccready someone from the Lemonheads. okay and they made this really bluesy bizarre music okay it has it it has an allison chains it has a pearl jam feel but it's neither okay and it's amazing i'll have to check that out favorite song is called the river of deceit okay and it it's by far if i if i was on desert island and i could only have one song that would be it <laughs> very cool it's been really fun having you on the show mm-hmm. i've really enjoyed our conversation and uh thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you on the next one all right bye